You're listening to Blick's Dicks Podcast, where Dr. Blick helps men understand their common health issues and shares ways to take charge of their sexual health. Dr. Blick is a world-class urologist specializing in men's sexual health with over 20 years of professional experience. He is an internationally recognized penile implant expert, and his mission is to raise awareness about implants for ED. Dr. Blick is dedicated to helping men optimize their health and achieve a happier, healthier, and a more satisfied sexual life. And now, it's time to welcome your host, Dr. Sean Blick. Hi, my name is Dr. Sean Blick, and welcome to Blick's Dicks, the number one podcast for men's sexual health. Blick's Dicks is a bit racy, but it is my hope that Blick's Dicks will become a common metaphor for men's health across the USA, or who knows, maybe even worldwide. Although I'll explore all men's health issues, I want to raise awareness about penal implants for men who have ED. Simply put, the penal implant is the most effective long-term treatment for ED, and it's often misunderstood, and it's often underutilized. So as an expert on penal implants and over 20 years of experience, I need to challenge the status quo, and I need to suggest that Dr. Blick can fix your dick. That's right, Dr. Blick can fix your dick. And I think I will leave it at that and move on to today's podcast. Today's podcast will be a Valentine's Day special, so happy Valentine's Day to all the men and women tuning into the show. Today's topic will be on everything you need to know about the little blue pill, so just let's get started. So in order to talk a little bit about little blue pills, I think it's helpful to step back and just talk a little bit about the disease entity at hand. In other words, let's talk about erectile dysfunction. So what is it? Simply stated, ED is just the persistent inability to achieve or maintain erection satisfactory for sexual intercourse. And what's really important is that this is a spectrum of disorder. So there are people who come to my office that have completely no erection at all, or they have a partial erection, or they have an erection that's awesome but disappears before they would like it to. We call that early detumescence. That being said, it's extremely common. You got to understand that ED is extremely prevalent and approximately one in five American men, uh, one in five American men greater than 20 years old experience some form of ED in their lifetime. And it's been estimated that somewhere in the order of 30 to 40 million American males have been estimated to have some form of ED. Now, when you look at external market research, it's really interesting. 23 million or 57% of the men have some form of moderate to severe ED, but only 2.8 million are actively addressing it. A huge discrepancy between those who have moderate to severe ED in the community and those who are actively addressing it. And so my mission is to just to raise awareness that it's okay to seek help overcome some simple embarrassment or some stigmata, possibly, and present to a urologist, for example, or to a primary care doctor. The most important point of the whole situation is that we can treat all erectile dysfunction. There's nothing that I can't solve. So that's an important message. So moving forwards, I think there may be some value in talking a little bit about what the causes of erectile dysfunction are, just to again, create perspective on the topic of erectile dysfunction. So looking at a ED pie, approximately 40% 
of all ED is vascular. And what we mean by that is blood flow problem. Simply put, people have low blood flow and it refers to things like atherosclerosis or hardening of the arteries, for example. Another 30 some odd percent come from diabetes, which is a very multifactorial problem. Diabetics have blood flow problems. They can have hormonal problems. They can have nervous system problems. And diabetics, excuse me, tend to present earlier and they tend to be much more difficult to treat. Another 15% come from medications, for example. And there's a whole host of medications that can cause ED, but most commonly, anything that relates to blood pressure can cause ED. So that's beta blockers, calcium channel blockers, diuretics, even ACE inhibitors for that matter. Any medicine that relates to uh, antidepression, what we call psychotropic medications, um, medicines that affect psychology, for example, uh, any medicine that is a painkiller or a tranquilizer, these are all medications that can cause it and are, are essentially reversible causes of ED. As you move into the smaller slivers of the pie, you'll see people who've had pelvic surgery or trauma. This is where you may find prostate cancer survivors, men who may have undergone radical prostatectomies for prostate cancer, or maybe they have undergone radiation for their prostate cancer. And as you move further down into more narrow slivers of the pie, you're gonna find low testosterone or endocrine problems. And what's really interesting is that most people think that the low testosterone is going to be the cause of their ED, and if they replace their testosterone, it's gonna cure it. But as you may have seen already from this prostatitis, I mean from this prostatitis, from this erectile dysfunction pie, you're gonna notice that replacing testosterone rarely uh, improves erectile function and unfortunately disappoints a lot of the men that come to my office. They hang, they're hanging their hat on the thought that testosterone replacement will help their ED, but in most cases it just does not. So moving forwards to the topic of our discussion, the treatment options. There are a multitude of treatment options and the conservative treatment options have a whole bunch of things in common that are worth mentioning as we begin to explore them together over time. They are not completely spontaneous, they're not 100% reliable, and they have ongoing side effects and costs. But that being said, most physicians start off with oral med medications. We're talking about something called PDE5 inhibitors or phosphodiesterase inhibitors. And simply put, that's a a word that no one knows what it means. <laughs> it's simply an enzyme that helps potentiate blood flow. So these medications are doing nothing short of increasing blood flow to the penis to improve somebody's ability to get erections and maintain them until sexual intercourse is successfully completed. Importantly, let's talk about what the pills are. There's, a, there's several of them in the market. Most of us have heard of Viagra and that's sildenafil. Many of us have heard of Levitra or Vardenafil. There's something called Cialis or Tadalafil. And then there's Stendra, which is the newest, also called Ivanafil. Importantly, all the pills work equally effective. However, Stendra, the newest pill in the market, works the quickest, and it works in only about 15 minutes after you take the pill. And it has the least amount of side effects and it has no food interactions. So it's attractive. But importantly, all the pills require sexual stimulation. So if you take the pill 
and you look down and you're waiting, you're going to be disappointed. You must have some form of sexual stimulation or in order for the pills to work. And you must have a, a normal nervous system for the pills to work. On average, the pills are usually taken within about one hour before anticipated sexual activity, and they typically work for about four hours, most of them. However, Cialis uniquely has a very long half, half has a uniquely long half-life, and therefore can work as long as 36 hours, for example. So for example, you could take Cialis on Friday night. If that were Valentine's Day, it would be awesome, but let's just say Thursday night. And you can take it and at that night, and it'll work for you that night. And if for some reason you fall asleep and you just don't want to have any form of intercourse, you can have sex in the middle of the night or in the morning. And even more interesting, you can have sex the next night because it works that long. It's a 36-hour it's a duration on Cialis. So Cialis uniquely gives you flexibility and timing, whereas the other medicines like Viagra, Levitra, or Stendra are more limited to that four-hour window and sometimes create a failure because of just the anxiety of planning. So I like Cialis because of that flexibility. Importantly, the pills are not to be taken more than once a day just to prevent something called priapism or, the, or an erection that just won't go away, which sounds attractive, but if an erection lasts for more than four hours, it can cause a trap blood inside the penis that becomes low in oxygen and can eventually cause internal damage to the penis. So we say don't take pills more than once a day to prevent the risk for something called priapism. And a point that I may have alluded to is most, some of the oral medications efficacy or effectiveness can be affected by food. So once again, this gets into the planning. If you are on, well, first to say this, when you take any of the pills, as I mentioned, they work quite quickly and they're gonna work within about a half hour to an hour with the exception of Stendra, the newest, which can work within 15 to 20 minutes. But if you take food, it can take an hour and a half to two hours for the pill to be effective. So then you have to wait longer. So many of the failures of some of these pills are related to the fact that people just took it with food and they never got good enough blood levels to achieve a good clinical effect. So really importantly, make sure you're aware of the food interaction and allow for the proper amount of time to achieve the normal clinical result. So how effective are these pills overall? Well, they're only gonna work in about 60 to 70% of the cases. So my point in this is that there's quite a bit of pill or Viagra failure, okay? There's a big, large failure market. And there's a lot of reasons why these things fail, but as I mentioned to you, they're not completely spontaneous, they're not 100% reliable, and they're ongoing side effects and costs Probably the two most common reasons why I can't keep people on pills is because of the cost and because of the side effects that they get associated with the pills. But that being said, many of them just don't work. There's just an absolute failure rate. There's just times where, for example, someone who may have had prostate surgery may have had their nerves injured and without any question of a doubt, there's just the pills will not work. Or you're a diabetic and you have a much more refractory type disease much more uh, difficult disease to treat, therefore making it more refractory to medication because of the multifactorial nature of diabetes, for example. So with that being said, 
The most common side effects are headache, facial flushing, stuffy nose, upset stomach. I've seen all of it. If you take Cialis, some people even have uh, muscle aches, for example. So in any case, be aware of the side effects. Um, and if they're severe enough, we'll have to be talking to you further in another uh, talk down the road about other options, which will be my next talk in another session. But a couple of other things to be aware of about the pills is that if you are on a pill such as an alpha blocker, many men also have enlarged prostates and therefore they take a pill called an alpha blocker that helps them pee better. However, however, if they're on an alpha blocker, it's not that you can't take the pill at the same time. It's just that you need to be careful. And what could happen? If you took the two pills together, you'd be at risk for low blood pressure. That's the real risk. So what I tell my patients is that take the alpha blocker in the morning and separate it from when you take the pill for your erectile dysfunction. And this way we're not taking them right at the same time and causing this synergistic effect where you could lower your blood pressure. So another thing is if you are on nitroglycerin or any kind of a nitrate medicine, that means you may have had something wrong with your heart and you're taking this nitrate pill. These pills interact with nitrates and can cause low blood pressure. So you have to be careful. Certainly if you've had a heart attack and you have lack of exercise tolerance and that heart attack may have occurred within six months, you also have to be careful, not because of the pills and the way they affect your heart, but more importantly, the way those pills affect your ability to have sex and the way they affect your increase in exercise. And it's the exercise and the increase um, stress on your heart that is what's most important. So bottom line, these pills are safe for the most part. They can be effective, but not 100%. They're about all equally effective, but they have slightly different half-lives with Cialis having the longest. They can have side effects, which is one of the most common reasons why people discontinue, and they can be very costly. But at the end of the day, if they don't succeed, there are gonna be other options, and we're gonna talk about those in other talks. And so on Valentine's Day, as we come to a conclusion on this, everything you need to know about the little blue pill, what's my message to all men who may be taking a pill to improve their erections? What can I tell you on Valentine's Day? Well, you better get some flowers and a card. At the very least, start with that. Otherwise, the game will probably be over. So make sure you, you're in tune with your partner and make sure you address Valentine's Day properly. Otherwise, I have a feeling the uh, better part of this discussion will be immaterial. So that concludes today's podcast on the Little Blue Pill. And I really thank you for tuning in. This was my first podcast, so it may have been a little sketchy, but... I have a feeling this is going to be a learning process and we're going to get more and more into it and it's going to get a little bit more easy and I think you'll get a lot out of it. So to learn more about Dr. Blick and penile implants, which is the message I want to get across to people, go to drblick.com. Spell out the word doctor. That's drblick.com. Importantly, a new Blick Sticks podcast will be recorded every Thursday. So tune in next Thursday for the topic beyond the blue pill, where we're going to talk about the other options when pills fail and see what we have to offer when the little blue pill fails. So signing off for now, 
Ciao. That's this week's episode of Glick Sticks Podcast, the number one podcast for men's sexual health. For additional resources, connect with Dr. Blick by heading to drblick.com. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.